podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to a brand new TAT pod sponsored by Sportinin. And once again, you can join the conversation in the in the application right now, talking all things Liverpool. Um, the first link in the description to join the group chat. Make sure you click it, click join the group so that Sportinin know you've come to us. And right now, the conversation is is not great, to be honest, but it's a good place to come and have your say. We're all in there. You know, so many so many of your fellow Liverpool fans that you might see on the TAT are in there as well. So, um, yeah, at the minute we're talking about centre-mids and, and who we want to sign, and we're probably going to touch on that as well at some point in this podcast. So, once again, thank you for uh, sponsoring our podcast, Sporting In, and, um, yeah, make sure you check them out and uh, join the group chat. And join the discussion. So once again today, I am joined by my regular call your co-host now, mate. You basically are. You come on pretty much every single <laughs> podcast. So I'm once again joined by Connor. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Apologies for the background. I am currently moving. It's not a body. It is clothes. Um, yeah, it doesn't look great, but we had to be here. had to discuss this because it, it isn't great, is it? No, there's certainly been easier podcasts us to do in our time and um this is going to be a tough one but a new face on the panel today joining the tat pod is uh george chomakov how are you mate do you want to just introduce yourself and what you've done in football etc etc yeah uh, i mean just to introduce myself my name is george chomakov you said it right by the way so props to you there we go. Uh, um we, we totally recently... didn't do it before and uh yeah. and after we do it, but yeah <laughs> Uh, recently retired from uh, playing football, uh, played for the past eight to ten years in Detroit, uh, in the United States. And uh, yeah, recently retired and um, I decided to reach out uh, to the Anfield Talk uh, on Twitter. And, you know, if you guys needed anything just to talk, I love talking football. Obviously, I want to stay in the game, lifelong Liverpool fan. Um, so I reached out and yeah, here we are. Yeah, listen, it's a pleasure having you on, joining the team. Um, yeah, it's really good to get new faces on here and hear different opinions from different people. So welcome once again, mate. Um, we're going to get straight into it, but just straight off the bat, we, we have got some questions coming at the end, George, but I'm going to ask you this one straight away. One of the questions was, can any of you guys do a job in centre mid? And obviously you've just said you're, you're, uh, you were a centre mid, so do you reckon you could jump in and do a job for us? Hey, you guys let Jurgen Klopp know. I'm on a free transfer. No need to pay me anything. Just get me an apartment somewhere. And uh, I'm in 100%. There we go. John Henry, if you listen to this, George is available. Sign him yeah. up and uh, all our problems will go away. Yeah. Um, yeah, but now nah, we're going to get into it. We're going to start with Connor because I want to hear your opinion, mate, because we've not really spoken about this yet because you're such a busy guy. Um, we always <laughs> start off with the lineup, mate, and we're going to do that again today. We're going to start off with the lineup. I've seen a lot of people say he should have done this, he should have done that, he should have done the other. But when I look at that lineup and the options he had on the bench, I I struggled to see what else he could have done. I know there's a couple of players on there which we'll get into, which potentially could have played more or could have started. But when you saw that lineup, mate, what did you think? Was you confident that we'd go there and get our first win of the season? Was you nervous? How was you? How was you feeling towards it? I felt as if Fabinho should have started. I think I'm going to put that out there now. Um, he hasn't been great recently. I think we all know that. I think we all understand that he's not been the Fabinho that we know and love. But at the end of the day, he is one of the best central defensive midfielders 
in the league. You know, there's not many players that have got the skills and, and, and talent that he has in, in that role. So to not see him start and to see Milner, um, and I'd say Henderson start over him. I know we get a lot of stick for how much we protect Henderson over on the TAT, but I think it's time that we be serious and I think it's time we have a look at what's going on and, and what's the problem at the club. And as, as we spoke about, as you said at the very start, we can see that the problem at the moment is the midfield. And, you know, we, we'll obviously touch on that at a later date in, in the pod. But personally, for me, I feel as if the midfield three should have been totally different. I felt it should have been Harvey Elliott, Carvalho and Fabinho um, to sort of give it a bit of life as such. I think we were very lifeless in the middle of midfield and, and there wasn't much flair what we're used to. I thought initially when I saw the lineup, I thought Salah and Diaz are going to thrive. We've seen them thrive in this kind of position with Firmino in the nine. Mm. Purely because he's a false nine that isn't the out-and-out striker that allows them to get in behind. But we didn't see much of that yesterday and and there's questions asked about every single individual in that side yesterday, especially with the performance. 100%, mate. Spot on. And we'll, we'll break down some of the performances in, in just a bit. But, George, do you do you echo what Connor said or do you feel like the team that he put out there was was fine? Um, I, I'll have to agree. Uh, I mean, I was very surprised that Fabinho wasn't in the starting eleven. I mean, yeah, against Palace... He got B and you know the Zaha goal, and he wasn't he hasn't been his best so far this season. Mm-hmm. But you know, at a game like this at Old Trafford, you you know you want a center defensive midfield player, just like the quality that Fabinho has to play in that game. You don't want to go with you know Henderson and Milner like like Connor said. There's there was no flair. You know, if you're gonna go press and trying to play the Jurgen Klopp way in the Liverpool way, you need. You know, you need, you need the players that are willing to do the work, as in more agile, a little bit more flair. You need to be, you just need to be able to cope uh, in certain situations. And uh, when Firmino drops in, uh, again, like Connor said, like there's nobody running behind. Salah stay wide. You know, usually when Mane's here, uh, when Mane was here in the past few years, you see Firmino drop in and then Mane makes the running behind. There's movement, there's all sorts of different situations and types of plays that you can go on. But now, yesterday there was there was nothing. It just seemed like okay, we're gonna pass around in around the midfield, and then that that was it. Yeah, we can say we had the possession, uh, but we didn't go anywhere. We didn't create too many chances. Um, and I agree. I mean, there's not that many players that we can say okay, they had a good game. Yeah, there's literally you can probably say two maybe three max absolute max and that's probably being generous in my opinion but i agree both of you um the only thing i will say about the fabinho thing and i don't think any of you guys said this to be fair but after crystal palace i went to the game i saw how bad it was and you know i came home and everyone was going on about fabinho and how he should be dropped and this and the other and then when klopp actually drops him the same people are back now saying oh he should have started and he should have done this so it's, for me it's kind of Klopp's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't kind of thing because he's he's dropped him after a, a number of poor performances, to his standards at least. And now, oh, because we lost and because Milner and Henderson were terrible, people are now, okay, we needed Fabinho. Well, yeah, we did because Connor's right, he's the best. Or maybe not now, Rodgers probably the best in the world, in, in my opinion. But um, Fabinho, 
he's one of the the best on form easily and he's been integral to everything we've done um and like you said george going away to old trafford in these big big derby games you need you need that presence in your midfield and last night we didn't have it at all um it was just so empty there was nothing in that midfield and we'll talk about the other two in a moment as well but I feel like that was the only the only debate for me, whether Fabinho started or not. Carvalho, I get it. Everyone wants the new toy, like, you know, shiny new toy at Christmas. Everyone wants it to, to come in straight away and play. I was not against Carvalho starting either, but just the what was at stake in this game, how big the game is, you know. It, you can't really just bring in a, a new 19-year-old kid that's not started a game for us yet into that. So, yeah, we'll, um, we've all pretty much agreed on that. Fabinho probably should have started and I'm pretty sure he'll start at the weekend, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but the first goal, because we're just going to get straight into the the action. We'll talk about goals and then we'll, we'll we'll move on to individual performances. But Connor, I know you love talking about goals we conceded, mate. Um, I've seen a meme of Virgil van Dijk bending over with his hands behind his back, singing um, "Wonderwall" by Oasis. I don't know if you've seen that one, but I literally quoted it and put. You've got to laugh because it's that bad and it's that comical. And for his standards, for how good he is, the standards that we've held him to, we've we've told everyone he's the best of a generation, pretty much. And I I know it's not a game doesn't change that. I know that. I'm not saying that everything we said about Virgil isn't true anymore. I still think he is, but you expect better from him there, don't you, mate? In in those situations and. Do you think Milner should have slipped? Because I've seen people say Milner should, should have slipped up and then Virgil should have got closer. So I want to know your thoughts, mate. That first goal we conceded, how did you see it, mate? Um, I believe it was Esther yesterday. I was looking through Twitter, a friend of ours mm-hmm. and a friend of obviously Tap. Um, I think she said that's three games in a row now, Van Dijk's cost us a goal. And you can't really blame him, but I can also understand where she was coming from in the sense that, you know, the Mitrovic penalty... Um, the Palace can't really blame him more than that Phillips but that was pretty poor for a standard of his defender I think you know you see when Milner says it it's just get out to the ball apply pressure you know Sancho's got the whole goal to aim at he's got the whole left side of the goal to aim at the first thing I really wanted to to bring up is why Alisson's dived as theatrical as he did I didn't really think it was necessary. I think it was almost, you could tell that Sancho wasn't going to put it there. Just the bodies in front of it. You knew where the space was. You knew the space had opened up. It's, it's so, and I know you say about, I like, I like analysing the goals we concede because we don't concede, we don't concede many. You know, we, this, this is the first time I think we've been 2-0 down in, in a game since Villa back in October of 2020. That's the first time we've been mm. 2-0. We've gone, we've gone two behind. And that's the type of team that we're talking about here. We're not talking about a team that's a mid-table team or a top four team. We're talking about a team that last year was fighting for every single trophy for the last two games of the season. And that's the decline. And that's why we expect so much from our club. You know, the fans there that are all like, oh, clock this, clock that. And his time's up, you know. I'm going off a tangent because there's so much to say and you know how I feel about it today. But regarding the first goal, it's a well-taken goal by Sancho. You you sort of saw glimpses of Sancho and Rashford and how well they could play under Ten Hag if they keep that up consistently. I think, you know, we have to give credit where credit's due. It's a well-taken goal and it's 
it's the calm, the, the calmness, the composure to actually have that ability was very good. Milner, I don't think he should have slid, but then I feel as if it's a natural instinct. Yeah. You know, if if you're putting your body on, the saying is put your body on the line for the badge. He has put his body on the line. He's gone to defend it. Van Dijk, I feel as if should have stepped out, but obviously he's in a he's in a, a world of two minds. Really, he doesn't know how much of the goal he's sort of defending. You know, he doesn't look behind him to see how much he's defending. So you feel as if he should have come out to, to, to Sancho and it might have been a different story. But overall, it's poor defending from, from the get-go. Even the ball makes the way into the box, it's poor. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of jumped straight to the goal there, but you, you're spot on about from the get-go because there was the Alanga chance earlier on where they've just been split and Alanga probably should do better with that. So... George, in the first 20 minutes, right, because this goal comes in 16, but for me it was the damage was done before this goal because I feel like we kind of set the tempo for how we were going to perform kind of thing because we literally, we were shocking. We were not at it within the first 20, 25 minutes. So how how did you feel watching that for, for a Liverpool side that has been so successful that went and played every single game possible last season. We got to every final of every tournament. We came runners up by a point after getting 90 plus points again. To to go from all of that to beating United 9-0 on aggregate last season, 4-0 and 5-0, to start in a game how we did yesterday. How how did that feel for you seeing that? Uh I mean it's it's hard to even explain because you would never expect that. You know, you're going away to Old Trafford where you had success in the past few years. And the way Liverpool play and the way they played yesterday, it was completely the opposite. The Jurgen Klopp way that we know of uh, that had, has had Liverpool in so much success, we didn't see that at all in the first 20 minutes. Like zero, none. There was no fight, no desire, too many gaps, too big of gaps. Manchester United were just playing through those gaps every single time. And, you know, you can say, yeah, Liverpool had the possession, but as soon as Manchester United got the ball into the midfield, whether it was Ericsson or Bruno, right away, one touch pass to Alanga or Rashford on the side. And it was one pass would bypass our midfield, and the gaps in the whole defense were just so big that, I mean, all three of us probably would have played some good balls in behind at that point. Just like, it, it just, I, and that's one thing I noticed was the runs from midfield. Of Manchester United, Bruno was willing to go and go in between Joe Gomez and uh, Van Dyke, which confused our whole defense because then you have Elango on one side, Rashford on the other, and when Bruno makes that run, none of our midfielders tracked. We're just ball watching while Bruno's making a run in behind, which creates a 20, 25 yard gap in between our center mids and defenders. Which now you're looking at three against three uh, for Manchester United going forward. So just we were all over the place. Like I said, no desire, no fight, second best, 50-50s. It's just they wanted it more. Uh, it just that, that was just it. Spot on, mate. Um, they showed everything on the, on, on the night. You know, you, you, you're completely correct with the possession thing, by the way. I've just seen we had 71% possession. They had 29 they won the game with 29% possession. Um, we completed 645 passes to 273. But all of those stats, unless you actually do something with the ball and we're going to get on to our players that we rely on to do that, such as Trent Alexander-Arnold, did nothing. 
absolutely nothing yesterday when you're expecting that killer ball or that chance created like Mo Salah, he's, I think he's created the most chances in the Premier League yes, um, this season. And yesterday he scores his goal. But apart from that, for me, he was he was quite easy for them to, to play against, to be honest. And Luis Diaz, I expected much more from him in terms of creativity and Firmino and all of them. Like for me, we, yeah, we can, we can sit here and call out individuals. Of course we can. Every single one of them. You, I think Alisson's probably the only one which I think you can't say anything about because... I think he he actually played quite well. Does that Ericsson free kick, and I think if that's any other goalkeeper in the world, he probably goes straight in. So I, I won't say anything about Allison. He also saved a one v one, but yeah, Harvey Elliott as well. I think is the the other one which I, I won't criticize. But apart from that, I think all of the nine players for me, you could you could criticize all night long if you wanted to about that performance yesterday. You know, we're talking twos or threes out of ten maximum if we're generous. So it was absolutely sickening to see, to be honest, like the team that I hate the most. I'm very vocal about my hatred towards that club. Can't stand the fans, what they what they sing about us. I can't stand who they are, what they stand for. The silly little protests about the Glaze whilst the one guy's gone and wore his Ericsson shirt that he's just bought. Like it just for me, I just hate them so much. And to, to have that that passion inside you and to see that team beat you, it's like is it's not good for me. I, I've I've been in a foul mood, and to be honest, once this podcast is done, I'm glad because we don't have to talk about it ever again. Um, but yeah, we need to talk about it. And um, Connor, coming back to you, mate, because like I said, you, you love um, you know you love analysing goals that we can see, etc., etc. But we're not going to actually talk about the Rashford uh, goal yet. After they score their first goal, and you're thinking, surely that's going to wake them up now. Surely they're going to come back into the game. Surely they're going to show us something. They didn't really, did they? I mean, they, I think we, we're we probably the better side for the rest of the first half, but that's not good enough for us, is it? We we know that to win games, to win league titles, you need to show more than just being okay. Um, so I guess it's a similar question, mate, to, to what I asked George. How, how, did, how was it for you watching that game thinking, surely they're going to click into gear in a minute. Surely they're going to come back and show something yet. It just didn't seem to come. First three games of the season, it's literally taken a goal for us to wake up. And I think it's not even that. It's, it's like set, I think this last seven games we've we've gone behind. Yeah, so it's seven games. Seven, seven games game. we've conceded. Uh, it's mad. But I'll only I'll only I'll only take it from the three that we've had this season so far. Um, sure. Because there's no excuse now. And what I mean by that is you can try and excuse Liverpool last year because of the amount of games we played, why we may have gone behind. There's no excuse now. You know, you, you could try and make an excuse before. You can't now. That's three times, but in the three opening games that we played, you know, against two sides who, credit where credit's due, they're not the greatest sides, Palace and Fulham. We know Palace is our, the team that we don't like playing against. We have history of them. We know the history. You know, the free all draw and all of that, etc., etc. It's games that we shouldn't be going behind in, and it took us that moment for us to wake up. I think we we suddenly found a, a foot in the spring or a step in our spring as such, and a spring in our step. Sorry, we looked as if we were going to go and score, and you felt as if if we scored before the half time whistle went, we potentially could have gone and won that game. But the fact of the matter is, is that I mean, you're right in what you're saying. We were the better team, but like everyone says, possession doesn't win your football games. You know, 
we can have 70% of the ball. United can pump one long ball on the counter-attack and win 1-0. They didn't do that. They pumped two long balls up the pitch. They won 2-1. So it, it, it's a situation of that where we just weren't good enough in periods of time. And it's okay to have sloppy periods in a game. And you heard Roy Keane and Klopp yesterday um, relating back to what he said two years ago about how Klopp had sloppy periods in the game. We've lost the game purely because of our sloppy moments. You know, we can go and have 18 shots on goal. We can go and have 14 at the target. But if only one goes in, you're asking questions. And De Gea played really well, to be fair, considering his complete and utter mess up last week against Brentford. He had a great game. If you think about the Firmino save close into the, in, into the latter end of the second half, that's a great save. You know, he's kept mm. them in that game. But you felt as if we'd scored before the, before the half-time whistle went we would potentially be the better team in the second half, go out and win the game. But you knew instantly whoever got that first goal in the second half was going to go on and win that game. Yeah, that's definitely what it did feel like. Um, and the old Liverpool that won the title, that won the Champions League, it's like we didn't really care if we went to go down because you just knew we were going to win anyway. So it was like, OK, it makes it a little bit harder, but... We're just going to win the game anyway. It's the hard way, but we're going to win. And I just, I didn't feel that yesterday. I didn't, I, when we went 1-0 down, to be honest, I I just kind of said, well, this is going to be a long, 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 long afternoon, a long, long evening because we've not done anything to give me any sort of confidence. We've not, we've not created anything. We look lethargic. The attitude looks off and Klopp's alluded to that. I think it was the Fulham game, to be fair. But it was just off, mate. And, George Connor alluded to it just there about lumping up two balls and they get a goal. So their second goal, um, for me, I have to look at the captain, to be honest. And I know Connor said we love him on, on at TAT and we do it. I think everybody should love Jordan Henderson. Um, you know, he, he's been incredible for us. He's done big things. But equally, we have to be honest when he, he makes mistakes and he takes that poor touch in the midfield. Then he chases uh, Martial down just lets him make the pass. He, he doesn't make a tactical foul. But I wanted Henderson there to have a pure Fernandinho moment and just wipe him out and take a yellow. Yeah. But it didn't happen. And then he plays the ball through. Gomez is, well, I don't even know if it's onside. I don't know the offside rule anymore. But no. I, I thought it was offside when I saw <laughs> it. But how did you see it, mate? What, what were your thoughts on this second goal, which ultimately made the game harder, well, impossible for us to win after that, really? Yeah, I mean... It's it's clear, isn't it? Henderson, that touch. Uh, it's one thing to make that mistake. Obviously, every, for, the, for the most part, everybody's going to have an off touch here and there. Um, but how you recover and what you do afterwards, like you said, take the foul. I mean, at that point, it's Rashford and Joe Gomez in a full race. You don't, you know, why take that chance when you can just take the foul, grab him, foul, whatever you want to do, take the yellow and slow everything down, let everybody get back. Um it's just, I think, two errors, obviously a touch, and then not taking the foul, not doing what Fernandinho would do, not doing what Manchester City would usually do. Um, and to touch upon what you mentioned about previous seasons, you know, Liverpool last year or two years ago, three years ago, we go, we might go, uh, go, go down, but in the end of the day, you have the feeling that things are going to change around. You have the feeling that we're going to score, we're going to tie, and then we end up winning the game. Yesterday, from the first second of that match, I did not have a feeling that we're going to, like, 
it just i never got the vibe i never got the feeling that we had it in us to go on and win the game so i think that's the worry that we need to have the attitude um obviously results are going to happen you're going to tie you're going to lose games especially at old trafford teams are going to lose uh maybe not to this manchester united that we know but um it's just the attitude that's that's the the thing we got to worry about uh but back to the goal uh to the second goal i do i have no idea what the offside was as well that's uh it's mind-blowing to me um they changed it last year and then now they're changing it again after this year it's it's a, it's a gray area but um you know it's yeah two poor decisions uh for me by henderson uh if you're not sure in the middle of the field just head the ball he, he he didn't have to take the touch if you're not sure uh where exactly you are where martial's at just head the ball just clear it down the line yeah. or head it out or just clear the ball you don't you don't have to settle it if you're not sure um took a chance it didn't pay off and then obviously the decision after that wasn't the best yeah i mean like i said it was very disappointing um to see the lack of effort once that ball's gone into a danger area because martial is like okay he's not scored goals he's he's not been great over the last few years for united same with rashford but in these big games they can still be dangerous players and we saw it he played that ball into rashford and Rashford did the rest, and as soon as Rashford's away, you knew you knew what was going to happen. You know he's not scored in about five years, but against Liverpool, he's going to score. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is how it works. So, um, like I said, when we went two 0 down, to be fair, at one 0 down, I, I didn't see winning based on how the game started. So at two 0 I was like, yeah, this is done. If by some absolute miracle, we might be able to get a point, but we have to score literally in the next five minutes, and we didn't. We left it until the eighty-first minute. Um, I don't even. I've not watched any of the highlights back. I can't remember how this goal comes around. All I remember is Mo Salah putting the ball in the back of the net. So if anybody has any recollection of the goal, feel free to to say how that uh, what happened. That it's just a blur for me. Like I said, I've not watched any of the highlights back. I've not seen anything. I just turned the game off as soon as the full time whistle went and um, did a stream about it. So Connor, do you have any input on that, mate? What, what happened? Uh, it, it's come sort of it's come from the initial Harvey Elliott ball I think I'm just going to I'm going to watch it back now just to remember it's come from the corner initially from Trent which is then obviously been cleared out by Dallow into, into Elliott and then Salah's just sort of turned uh, no sorry Carvalho I mean that's come from Carvalho's shot I've just watched it again sorry just to make sure that that's come from Carvalho's initial shot at the high and the follow up so it's come from Initially, the, the, we looked good for a, for a, a good spell after, before that first goal and sort of pressing the back line and you felt as if the goal was coming and it come from the corner really and truthfully. But then again, it's come from two players who I feel should have started the game. Harvey Elliott did, Fabio Carvalho didn't, and yet both of our teenage dream boys or whatever you want to, star boys, whatever you want to call them, have created that goal. Um it's a nice header by Salah. He gets a little bit of luck with the deflection. Um, but a goal's a goal and it's given to him. It's just, as you said, it's too little too late, really, isn't it? Um, mm. Trying so hard. Trying so hard to, to stay, like, in a balance. Like, I'm trying to, like, stay here. I don't want to go down here because that's when I get a little bit angry. Um, no, bro, let it out, man. You have to it's just, no, 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 because it's... it's it's, it, 
it's not so much the it's just in general what we expect you know our expectations are up here now you know they're not down here where we used to be a club that was fighting for Europa League when we used to play Seville in the in the cup final we're a team that have an expectation of you know fighting with Manchester City being the only team that can keep up with Man City until the last game of the season when every other team's dropped off and suddenly there's this massive decline and seeing us in this decline makes me think well what's going to happen for the year ahead and obviously, you and me spoke last night. We said we'd get into that at some point and touch on where we think it's going to happen for the rest of the season. It's just, it's just awful, as you said, having a nine-no aggregate to now being two-one to losing two-one. I just don't know how to put my to wrap my head around it really. Um, George, you're probably better to ask really because I don't really know what to say. Yeah, I mean, it again, a bit too late. Um, with that being said, um, Bruno sh- should have got sent off. I know second yellow right after the goal, yeah, holding on to the ball. It's I have no idea how that, that was on a second yellow, but you know, even when a team is not playing well, like Liverpool, let's say Liverpool had five to ten minute spells in each half where we looked fairly normal, I would say. Um, to where uh, maybe you can say, oh, Manchester United got a bit tired towards the first half, towards the end of the first half, and same thing towards the end of the second half, and they're already winning, so they're kind of dropping off, making sure to you know finish off the game. So it just depends how you want to look at it. But you know, a red card there, 81st minute, Liverpool scoring, that changes the whole entire mood of the stadium, uh, the fans, uh, you know, Liverpool, like everything changes. So. But obviously that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, the last 10 minutes or so, we had possession, not too many clear chances, not enough clear chances as we usually would uh, in those situations where, okay, we scored a goal, 10 minutes, we can do this. I just never felt like we were going to or uh, we were able to. So, um, you know, two three good chances but that's about it obviously in the first half we had um bruno smash the ball uh right at martinez on the goal line um uh, i guess you can call that a chance um mm-hmm. and then the firmino chance as well so there's there there were a few chances where we could have possibly but it's just not good enough overall um yeah yeah um i forgot about that one to be fair i think like I said, it's just, it was just not our night. If that's any other team, it probably goes in and, it, you yeah. know, the, the other team goes on and gets the, another goal. But for us, it just it just didn't go in. And I'm, I agree with everything you've both said. And the offside, the, the goal that they scored, the second one, I've seen the pictures back. I've seen how apparently the rule changed and whatever. And that is, that's fine. I'm still annoyed about it. But the reason why I'm not too annoyed about it, even if it was onside or offside, whatever, is because at the end of the day, we can't just sit here and blame us not winning or getting a point on that. We have to sit here and take responsibility for our team not doing anything. You can blame VAR, you can blame officials' decisions, you can you can blame everything you want, but at the end of the day, like we've all said, it wasn't enough. There was not enough creativity, there was not enough passion and desire. And you, it, We have all said that we, you know, we're probably the better team in terms of having the ball and doing whatever, that's fine, but in terms of the team that wanted it the most, I mean, United were on it from the first minute. And I think that's something, obviously, that um, 
Ten Hag managed to drill into his team after those first two games. And I thought, to be honest, that's how we were going to come out and, and react after our first two games because we drew our first two, our first game at home, our first away game to a newly promoted side. So I, I was sat here saying, oh, th- this game could not have come at a better time for us now. You know, Man United, our biggest rivals in a game where we have to go out and win. We have to go out and show them that, okay, we might have started off poorly, but we're still here. We're still in the race because City dropped two points the other day. If we won that game, we would have been two behind them. I don't care about Arsenal. They're not going to win the league. Let's just get that out there straight away. So if we won yesterday, we would have been two points behind Man City and we're still five behind Man City. And this was the same thing that happened last season, not capitalising. And, you know, it's the same same old thing, same old mistakes. And to be honest, we are, we're going to get into it because there's some questions about where we think we're finishing that. We will discuss that. Um, but I am concerned for the first time in, in Klopp's tenure, really. I, I even said yesterday, I'm more concerned now than when I was for 2021. Because 2021 season, I didn't expect anything. Because there was no there was no players available. There was no Virgil van Dijk. There was barely any Fabinho. There was barely any Thiago. No Gomez. No Matip. Demikas was in Klopp's basement, as they said. We had we had nothing. So I, I didn't expect us to get anything. I expected us to finish fifth, sixth, seventh, or even lower. But now, even though we do have a, a massive crisis in injuries, of course we do. That team that started yesterday, the team that started against Palace, the team that started against Fulham, should still be doing a lot better, even with a crisis or not. Like the, the the least, the absolute bare minimum is to at least show something. Show us that you're trying. Show us that okay, you've done all of these amazing things, but it just didn't work. There was nothing. We 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 can't say anything. The only positive I will say is Harvey Elliott is probably our best player. But even then, I'm not going to sit here and say too much because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It it didn't matter. Everyone around him was trash, and. We could sit, like I said, we could sit here and talk about individual performances, but I guess it's going to intertwine with um, some of the questions that people have been asking. So it's just disappointing. It's, it's heartbreaking. I was let down once again by my team yesterday. Players that I've defended all summer long. Henderson, I've been defending his back all season. People have been saying all sorts of stuff about him on spaces. Milner, been doing the same thing, but they, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to bother anymore until they can show me that they actually want to do something now. I'm just going to let people say what they want because they, they, they're not, they don't deserve me to back them at the minute. So we're going to get into some of the questions and like I say, we'll keep coming back to the game or whatever. Um, but the first one that I am going to uh, ask you, Connor, is from our Spaces co-host, Aaron. Big up, Aaron, if you're watching, mate. Do you think this current crop of players, Jurgen Klopp, can continue with the same formation tactics and be successful? So if we don't change anything, if we just keep going with the same team, same players, doing what we, we know, doing what we've done all these years, do you think this season we can be successful based on what we've seen in the first three games? Yes. Um, I believe... I believe in the midfielder. But I think I've really I've been calling that for a while. Um, I've been calling that for about a month and a half now, month and a half, yep. two months. Um, I know some people haven't. I know some people backed what we had. I just didn't think we had enough. Um, we know what Tiago's like. I don't know why anyone expected anything different from Tiago. Tiago is Tiago. He gets injured a lot. As good of a player as he is, he's a, he's an ever aging player. 
and he's only going to get more injury prone as he grow, as he as he gets older. So I don't know why anyone expected any different from him this year. Um, that's not to dig him out. He was quite unlucky to get injured, but there we go. Um, same formation tactics wise, yes. I don't think we know anything different. Um, I feel as if the four three two, uh, the four three two one, might benefit us potentially. Um, going into sort of a a five block when we go forward with with Trent and Robertson sort of coming and joining the attack. Um, I believe we can be successful and I believe we will get it right at some point. I'm just like reading the tweet here. That's why I'm looking over here. I feel as if we can be successful. I feel as if it's something that we, you know, we are a successful side. We, we've got our success from these formation, this formation and these tactics. Are we getting dug out a little bit? As in, are we getting caught out a bit? Are people sort of catching on to what we're doing potentially? Um, but no, I believe, I reckon one midfielder uh, just to sort of bolster that squad. And I believe we can be successful because when Nunes comes back in, I feel as if he's going to be a lot hungrier purely because of what happened at Palace. Listen, let's hope so, mate. Let's hope so. And that brings me on to the next one, um, which I've just seen for you, George. It's underscore, 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 LFC, underscore, underscore. So, yeah, big up to you if you're watching. Um Following on from Connor's uh, comments there, do you see us making a move this summer, in your opinion, for a centre-mid, or do you think we're just going to stick to our guns and, and go what we what we have? Because if that is what we do, based on yesterday's showing, I I don't know what we're going to do this season. So, yeah, do you, do you think that the stance has changed? or I think it has to. Um, I, I know it's, it's difficult just because we have so many injuries. And... Like Jurgen Klopp alluded to this before, if you do bring in another midfielder, now you end up with eight or nine midfielders and you can't give everybody playing time. And I completely understand that. But if you're trying to save your season and bring some energy uh, into the squad and kind of turn things around, I mean, we're looking at Oxley Chamberlain. He's out for a while. Um, you know, we, we have Tiago. He's a hit or miss. Like Connor said, he does. He is injury prone. Uh, he has a lot of quality, obviously, but if he can't stay on the field, um, you know, it's that's a problem. Uh, Navi Keita, who like I'm a big I'm a big fan of Navi, but if he's not fit, or they're saying he's not fit, so whether he's gonna go now, that's a whole different topic. But I do think by the end of the window, we do bring somebody in. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna be. I, I don't know if you would call it a panic buy. I think that club does have certain amount of players on his list, on his short list, if you want to say, uh, that you know he thinks would make the team a lot better. Um, is it going to be the main target that he would want? Probably not at this at this time of the window. Um, but I do think we're going to bring in a midfielder, and it, whether if Nabi goes, hundred percent, we're going to bring somebody in. Um, if he doesn't go, I, I do still think we'll bring somebody in. It's just I don't think it's gonna be the the top target that we would that we would want. Is there any realistic players out there that you can see us going for, or do you just kind of just whatever they want is is fine by you? Or um, I would say we do need somebody that has some of an experience in the Premier League just to steady the boat. Um, you don't want to take a 
you know, you don't want to spend 60, 70 million on somebody, let's say, um, from Syria, and then they come in and they don't do the job because now you, that's a panic buy and you're in a worse position now than you would have been if you didn't buy anyone. So somebody that can steady the boat, steady the ship a little bit, uh, get us through some games and be a good enough player to inject some energy into the midfield. He has to be someone that's creative. I know there's been talks about um, Casado from Brian. Um, he's done very well towards the end of last season, very young, energetic in the midfield. Whether that's realistic or not, I, I have no idea. It talks about 40, 45 million from him. I don't know if FSG, Jurgen Klopp, whoever is in charge of all that is willing to pay that money for him. Um, so I don't know, but I do think we are going to bring somebody in. And hopefully it's a huge surprise and we're all like, wow, where did this come from? But uh, that's just wishful thinking for now. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Um personally I, I think like you said i think the stance has to change and i think klopp has has kind of changed his tone a little bit in terms of what he's been saying before he was just flat out saying no i'm happy with what we have i'm fine with my options we've got this guy we've got that guy it's all good now all of a sudden he's kind of saying yes it would be nice to have another midfielder or yes we will see what we can do kind of thing so it, it does give you hope that maybe if it is if it is him making the final decision like obviously we know there's people above him but if it is down to him his mind seems to be changing just a little bit so listen let's just hope and see what happens because the Moises Caicedo like you said those links came out from um, a source in Ecuador so apparently they're close to him I don't know if Brighton are going to be happy to lose Basuma and Casado with Cucurella in the same window. So that is probably a, a hurdle as well. Um, so again, you're going to have to pay a lot to get this kid off yeah. in this window. Um, we'll see what happens. And to be honest, I'm going to wrap up on this one, guys, because some of the questions are just about Jude Bellingham and all of that. And look, we know what's going to happen with Jude Bellingham. Every big club's going to be in for him next summer and there's just going to be a battle of basically what he wants. He'll know right now where he's going next summer. So for me, don't stress about Bellingham. If he comes, he comes. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, but I'm going to ask us all this question to finish up on, guys. I want us to be honest with the, the squad we've got now, how we've started this season. This question comes from, who was it? Uh, Mason0872, big up Mason. Where do you think Liverpool will finish this season? Now, mine's completely changed since I made my prediction, but Connor, what do you say, mate? Where, based on what we've seen, where do you think we'll finish or do you still think we can win the league? I put us first in that initial thing that we had within our group. If you remember me saying, I said first. Um, optimistic and probably biased. Um, definitely bias. Um, I would potentially say third now. Um, it was first, and then I was being optimistic. It was probably most likely second. I don't feel as if we drop down to a, a fourth, but I feel like we we do drop down to a third. If if Arsenal, and I know you say Arsenal won't, if Arsenal do continue the way they're going, they look dangerous. Um. We could have had a shot at Jesus if we really wanted to as well. Um, when, when City let him go, they look dangerous. Um, Tottenham look relatively dangerous. I didn't think they looked too good against Wolves on Saturday. Um, bearing in mind, Nunes played his first game for Wolves on Saturday. Looked unreal. Water still. 
that Wolves have got there, by the way, £30 million. What a difference he would have made to us. But we've already spoke about the midfield situation. I won't get into that because seeing him in a Wolves shirt did make me a little bit upset. So, you know, and he's only going to go for double the price next year. If we do look at him next year, he's going to be worth £60, £70 million because that's why Wolves bought him because they know that he's only going to improve. Um, but yeah, for me, it's third. I'm not going to go any lower. I can't really afford my heart to go any lower. So third it is for me. George, is your what? Did, first of all, what did you? Because we haven't spoke. What did you mm-hmm. predict at the start, and has has your mind changed? Uh, I I predicted first, uh, probably bias and obviously optimistic about it all. But you know, despite despite the start, um, I just trust in Jurgen Klopp. You know. It's Manchester City did not have the best start last season, right? They lost a game, tied a game, whatever it was. But it's and I know it, we're we're not talking about purely just results. We're we're talking about the types of performances and what we haven't seen from Liverpool this season. But I still do believe in Jurgen Klopp, and I think he can change around. And I think we do have the the players to change it around to be able to challenge for the title. And I think this season, the Premier League is so competitive that I don't think any team is going to have 90-plus points. I think it's going to be below that. Um, it just – every team has got better. So I, I don't see any team standing out by 20, 25 points above everybody else. I, I Even Manchester City, you know, obviously they dropped some points. But I'm optimistic. I believe in Union Club. I believe in the team we have. Uh, we just need a bit of more luck, get our injuries back, uh, get our players back. And uh, I still think we can challenge and I'll stick to it. I'll, I'll, I'll still say uh, we're going to end up finishing first. Um, I, I believe it. I believe it. Listen, I love it. I love it. Um, we need to hear positivity <laughs> today. And people say, oh, being positive is jarring. It's not. It's called supporting your football club. Some more people should probably try doing that more often. But um yeah, um, listen, I said to finish first as well. Yeah, mate. Um, you know how I'm referring to. But, um, listen, the first... I predicted this to finish first, and I did say what I wanted in the summer. And based on us getting that, that's what my prediction was. We're literally, in my opinion, two or three positions away from doing something special and we didn't get a centre mid, which is what I wanted in the summer. And I'm not going to shy away from that. I have defended Klopp and you know, his decision to, to not get a centre mid. But now I, I, I think it's clear. I think it's crystal clear that we need one. Um, based on what I've seen so far this season, we need to improve and, and quickly because the October fixture list is not looking good based on our form so far. Um, so, again, we need to make sure we're ready for that. Um, and then, obviously, when the, the, the midweek games happen on the Wednesday nights, the Saturdays, or the Wednesday nights, the Sundays, and then when Champions League comes in with the cup games, we don't have a squad. So, it's going to be very tough um, to compete on all fronts once again. So, based on all of that, um, I think I think City will, pr- from, from now, this point in time recording, from what we have seen, I think City will win it. But, again, like George says, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we're back up there, you know, with the time at all really because it can't get any worse than that in my opinion from what we saw yesterday like it can't in my opinion at least um we're five behind city like i said i'm not interested in arsenal title race talk let their fans say it if they want but we all know what's going to happen with that so city for me is the only team we have to focus on 
and we're five points behind them. As long as the gap is three, four absolutely maximum by the time we play Man City, then we have to go and beat them. You know, we're right back in it if that happens. But like I said, there has to be major improvements, drastic improvements. They all have to pick themselves up now. They all have to dust themselves down. When the injured players come back, we need to make sure they stay fit. You know, bringing somebody in right now would just be a massive lift, not just for the fans, but for the squad, for the manager. I feel like it would be the perfect time to bring somebody in. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, I, I still think we'll finish top four comfortably because I've seen people say it's going to be a top four battle. Like absolutely no chance is it going to be a top four battle. If we finish top four in 2021, when we had to win pretty much eight out of the last 10 games to get it, come on, man. Like we, we'll do it again this year. Like it's, it's not a problem for me. Like that, if we weren't going to get top four on the clock, that would have been the season for me. It would have happened in. Um, but yeah, listen, we're going to wrap up here because... It's a very jarring subject. Uh, but listen, like I said, we've all just got to support Klopp, support the team as much as we can and hope that on Saturday when Bournemouth um, come to Anfield that, um, you know, these boys will be ready to uh, to go and to turn this around, basically. And, you know, not even just a 1-0 win. Like, I, I want the three points more than anything right now. But I want to see a performance. I want to see... The old Liverpool, like the old Liverpool against Bournemouth would have scored like three or four against them. So that's what I want to see on Saturday. I might be being a bit um, a bit greedy there, but that's what I want now. I'm fed up with seeing this team play how it has over the last three, three games. I want to see something big on Saturday. But um, thank you for listening, guys, or watching if you're on YouTube. Again, shout out to our brand new sponsor, Sporting In. You can join our Anfield Talk group chat using the link below. Putting all your opinions in there, who you want us to sign, your predicted lineups, whatever you want to put in there, we have a discussion in there. And once again, thank you for Connor for jumping on and George making a sensational debut on the on the pod. And we'll definitely be seeing you more, mate. That is for certain. Definitely. So subscribe, like, share everything, and we'll see you after we finally got in against Bournemouth at the weekend. Take care. We'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.